A signature speech is a 45 to 60 minute presentation that naturally leads people to whatever you offer as a coach. And that speech is something that you should be known for, but it is general content that explains to your audience why the topic is important. Have you ever wondered if public speaking is a way to grow your coaching business? Well, you are in luck because in this episode, we're going to dive deep into the topic of how you can use public speaking to expand your reach and impact as a coach. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped tens of thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. Today, we're going to dive into an invigorating conversation with a confidence coach who knows how to captivate an audience and transform lives through the power of public speaking. Whether you're a newer coach or a seasoned pro, keep listening to learn how to use public speaking to grow your coaching business. Jen Espinoza Goswami is joining me today to discuss this topic. She's the founder of Weightless Chronicles. She's a dynamic professional speaker, an author, and a certified holistic coach and has served in leadership roles in several nonprofit organizations. She's also an active member of Toastmasters International, where she has won numerous awards for her public speaking skills. Welcome, Jen. Thank you, Melinda. I'm really excited to have you on this show. This is a topic that I didn't like for a long time, and now it is one of my favorite topics. But before we dive in, would you share a little bit of your background with our listeners? Sure. As a child, I was one of the token fat girls in my friend group. (laughs) What that meant was I was always the child who was labeled as quiet, nice, and fat. And sometimes compared to animals and whales and pigs and all sorts of other things. So Despite being bullied and fat shamed as a child, I was a very happy kid and I was a very good student. At some point, I recognized that I could change how I showed up by speaking up. And that is not easy to do as the youngest of four children, where my voice was not always welcomed at the dinner table and I was expected to just go along with what everyone else felt was right. My mentor, Siobhan, came up to me after I shared my first presentation about being fat shamed as a child. And she said, you've inspired me so much that I want to change my lifestyle and get healthy. That was a huge impact for me, Melinda. And that actually started the seed of what eventually became my company, Weightless. Now, let's talk about public speaking, because there's a lot of different ways that people think about this. I know it kind of sounds obvious, but I want to break it down. I mean, for years in my business, it was all online. We had a software company, a coaching company. My entire business was virtual. And so when people are like, well, do you do public speaking? I'm like, no. But I gave hundreds and hundreds of webinars and so many different podcast appearances and things like that. I'm like, no, I don't don't speak in public. Because to me, it meant I literally had to be on a stage. You're standing in person in a big space, any kind of space, and you're on a stage speaking. But public speaking is really more encompassing. So really take us into what do you mean when you say public speaking and leveraging public speaking in your business? Public speaking today is not necessarily you get on a stage with a microphone, you have your name up in lights, and you're having this walk-up theme song where people are cheering and standing ovation. 
that's not really what most public speaking looks like today, although it certainly could if you want that as part of your business model. Instead, it's a lot of interacting with groups of people. So often you are presenting some information, educational, or if you're doing a signature speech, which we'll talk about in a bit, then that's more of a thought leadership topic, think like a TED Talk kind of thing. When you're doing that type of public speaking, that's where the needle really moves for you because many people in the online space and content creators are creating that content consistently. So that is public speaking. At the same time, as a professional speaker, you rely upon being consistent, having a clear topic that is your signature topic, and also showing up with confidence on whatever stage you're on, whether it's virtual, whether you're on camera, or whether you are got your name up on lights with a big curtain call. All of those are public speaking. Now, what are some of the key benefits that coaches can expect when they're leveraging all these different things that you've just talked about? And you know, how do they begin to integrate this into whatever their existing marketing plan might be? First of all, I want to say that Public speaking is important because it gives you more air. Air is an acronym that stands for audience, impact, and reach. Those are the benefits you receive as a public speaker, no matter what your stage looks like. So let's talk about audience. Here on this podcast, you are downloading this episode. You are providing me with content that I can share with my audience. Between our two audiences, I mean, it's a bigger audience that I could reach on my own efforts if I was just a content creator. So the amount of audiences you can reach as a speaker, especially if it's a recorded opportunity, which many public speaking opportunities are recorded these days, the audience possibilities are endless because people chime in and listen and watch at their own convenience. The impact is one that I like to talk about because I know that a five-minute speech changed my mentor's life and how she wanted to live her life. But if you have 45 minutes, if you have 60 minutes to deliver a topic that you're passionate about and how you serve your coaching clients, the impact of that is endless and goes beyond that single day when you do that presentation. Maybe the person is not ready to take action on what you're suggesting that day, but you don't know, maybe two years, three years later, they might reach out to you and say, I never forgot that, I never forgot what you shared, and I'm ready to take action. We don't know where our clients are in their journey, but the impact of a single speech is limitless. And then in terms of reach, our reach as speakers is more powerful because we are authorities and experts when we're on a stage. Somebody has vetted us and approved us to be on a stage to talk about the topics that we are experts in. Now, I don't consider myself an expert in many things, but I have been speaking for over a decade. And I can tell you how to deliver a presentation confidently and clearly. And those are skills that I'd like to bring forward. So when it comes to reach, when I was speaking for a membership group the other day, they posted my recording on their insider platform, and it's going to be there for five years. I may have forgotten that speech at the end of five years, but there could have been hundreds of thousands of people who watched that recording, and I may never meet them. But that reach is something that I may never be able to put my arms around as a speaker. So speakers receive more air. Love that acronym. And I love the details that you took us into. And as somebody begins to leverage public speaking in their business, whatever their marketing plan is, how do they begin to integrate the strategy to what they're already doing? 
So it's important to understand that if you're going to treat public speaking as a paid portion of your business, you do have to dedicate time towards finding and booking paid speaking engagement. Now, when I was starting as a speaker, I had no idea where to get started. I was brand new and fresh to the, to the speaking circuit. I had no idea where to start. So just to give your listeners a little inside info, there are several different markets you can get started with. You can start with companies or corporates, employee resource groups, depending on what your signature topic is. You could start with government or associations. You can start with nonprofits. And you can also work through educational markets. And finally, there's usually some opportunity with other online entrepreneurs who either host summits, retreats, or masterminds. So those are the types of markets you can start looking into. But know that you do have to dedicate some of your business time to looking into those opportunities and to identifying what you would like to receive and how often you would like to speak. But you do have to start with understanding what audience am I going to speak to? And how often do I want to speak? And then how do you in incorporate those daily tasks and those weekly tasks will flow from there. Now, I want to pick up on something that you just mentioned. You spoke about if you want to integrate public speaking as a paid portion of your business, like you get paid to speak on a stage, whatever that stage is. Let's talk about some of the other opportunities that you could speak. The very first time I actually spoke on a stage, literally got out of the webinar offline. It was a colleague, one of my strategic referral partners was hosting a three-day in-person event. I went to her stage and I had one of her sessions. So I had an hour. She did not pay me to be on stage. I didn't have to pay to be a sponsor at her event, but I was able to make an offer to her audience into our program. And then I shared a commission with her on the sales that were generated as a result of that. So talk a little bit about the different models, if you will, of how you can create a, agreements or arrangements when it comes to speaking on stages. I love that you shared that example, Melinda. And that's a very common example. Often we are collaborative as coaches. We have partners that we work with. We have referral uh, relationships in place. Those are all good. And there are ways you can monetize those partnerships as well. So there's kind of a divide between the people who want to get paid to speak versus the people who don't. And the way you approach it is different. You can get paid to show up on a stage. That's when you command a speaking fee. You roll your travel or lodging expenses into that if you have to travel to a certain location. And then you might also be willing and able to offer an upsell, such as a book or a course, or maybe a low ticket item that you're offering. Sometimes that's allowed. Sometimes it's not, depending on who the event is being hosted by and what the venue looks like. So that's important to be aware of. You may have opportunities to network, which I highly encourage my clients to do. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be able to sell your offering or your coaching program. Now, the other model is where you have those referral partnerships. Maybe you show up and you donate your time as a speaker. So you're sharing some sort of expertise that is unique to you within your market and you're bringing that value to the stage. And often if you're taking on that model, then you can often sell or have a table at the back of the room so that people can be invited into that next step with you. If it's a multi-day event, often there are opportunities for you to participate in a VIP dinner before the event or before you speak. Sometimes there's a special breakfast where you can contribute to other speakers or you can have one-on-one -on -one table kinds of conversations with people in your audience. 
either way, whether you're getting paid to speak or you're not getting paid to speak, I highly encourage my clients to design their presentation, which is a signature speech, in such a way that your solution is naturally the next step. And when I say solution, I don't mean that you're offering a coaching program for $10,000. That's not necessarily the natural next step for a lot of audience members, especially if this is the first time they've heard you speak. But that next step is usually a free gift. It could be a chapter of your book if you're an author. It could be a template, a download, something of value that encourages them to put their hands on your content and take action on something. Now, you've mentioned signature speech a few times now. Let's talk about that for a second. What do you mean by signature speech or signature talk? A signature speech is a 45 to 60 minute presentation that naturally leads people to whatever you offer as a coach. And that speech is something that you should be known for. It's something that you can customize according to whichever audience you're focusing on. But it is general content that explains to your audience why the topic is important. It's not an educational how-to seminar. It's not giving them the secrets or the special sauce. It's telling them why it matters, why your topic matters. And if you design your signature speech right, you can use a single signature speech for years if you do it right. And then you can just adapt it for whatever setting you're in, whatever format there is. How do coaches identify what the right opportunities are? What should they be looking for in terms of target audience or event format? What are some of the factors that they need to take into account? So it's really important to understand what audiences would resonate with your message. So if you're speaking on a spiritual topic, you may go better with a retreat or mastermind type audience where it's a smaller room, it's an intimate setting. People are there for multiple days. You have an opportunity to have conversations with folks. And it's a way to go deeper into the content. Whereas if you're speaking on leadership, you could probably bring that topic to any audience because leadership is a topic that everyone wants to learn more about, whether you're in an association, in the government setting. So it's important to understand who are you serving with your topic and understanding as well that, yes, your audience is the person you're serving, but at the end of the day, the person hiring you wants to know that you are able to give them something that other speakers haven't been able to give them. So even though the audience is who you're serving ultimately as a coach, your client is the person hiring you. So you have to be able to showcase your expertise as a speaker who can help their audience move forward. Talk to us about some of the mistakes that coaches might make when they're getting into public speaking. How can they avoid some of those mistakes? Edit, edit, edit. The average person speaks about 120 words per minute. Slow down, take a few pauses, and there are ways to add dramatic pauses or pregnant pauses, if you will, so that your audience can catch up to your content. Chances are good your first draft or second draft of your presentation is pretty good, but you could probably remove about one third of it and be even more powerful in your delivery. That was one of the things that my mentor had to really remind me of regularly is that empty space is okay. Do not plan for every minute, every moment of every session. Now, as we're talking and speaking and presenting on stage, let's talk about the use of storytelling to connect with their audience. 
Like how can coaches do this in an effective way? There are many different ways to do this, and it depends on what your signature topic revolves around. For example, when I started speaking, I was sharing about my 100-pound weight loss journey. And so it was very personal for me. But your signature story doesn't have to be personal. So when I help folks with building out their signature speech, stories are all around them. It can be your personal story, but it doesn't need to. Ultimately, you want your audience to end on a high note. So there's a flow to your presentation and you can build your stories in such a way that they flow through that naturally, just through your delivery, through how you use your tone, use your pace. So when I have people brainstorm around the different stories they want to include within their presentation, we have bubbles that apply to the different talking points of your presentation. You know what your talking points are of your signature speech. That's part of developing the outline of it. And then I encourage folks to brainstorm different stories that might fit within those buckets. And then it's up to you as a speaker, you know, you practice, 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 but you also get to swap and choose which of those stories you're going to include for that particular audience. That's how you customize it. What are your thoughts about also using client stories? Something that I do, of course, I have permission from our students and clients to use their stories. But I'll often be presenting on something and I'll say something like, you know, that reminds me of one of our students, Carol, when she, and I would just do a recap. Do you recommend integrating other people's stories like that to help the audience relate to and see themselves inside of? That's a really great question. And I love that you have made it clear that you've accepted permission from your clients to bring them up. I'm on the fence about that one. Not that you can't do it or that it's not a good thing to do, but I would probably go along the lines of saying a client, but not necessarily naming them. Or I'd say what industry they're from, or I'd say what challenge they were working through. So you can certainly bring case studies into it. In fact, it's a very effective way for your audience to put themselves in your client's shoe to determine whether you are a resource for them or could be a resource for them in the future. So it's good to name who you're talking about, but sometimes it's also a good idea just to allow the audience to be a part of that story. So to put themselves into that story. So you could go deeper into the challenge, the industry, the struggle, and go make sure you indicate the journey, right? The hero's journey that we talk about when it comes to storytelling. Make sure that the audience can see themselves as the hero, even if they're not Carol. So sometimes it's helpful to building the anticipation of it to name a client. You could say, yes, my client Carol did this. Or sometimes you could say, imagine if you were struggling with getting to the next step or getting to the next level. That way you give the audience an opportunity to put themselves in the shoes of your client. So there's a variety of different ways you can do it. Personally, I would rather try to get my audience to put themselves in the shoes of my client. So I may not name my clients by name. But I definitely try to make sure that the story is developed enough so that they can see themselves within that story. Now, once an engagement is over, the presentation is done, how can coaches measure the return of their investment, that ROI, whether they're making an offer for somebody to actually enroll into a paid program, or like you said earlier, you know, maybe they're just offering that free gift, that template or that lead magnet of sorts. How do you measure the return on that particular engagement? This is a fabulous question and where I start with all of my clients. Like what would represent success for you when it comes to public speaking? And everyone has a different answer to that question. 
for some people, they said, I just want to get visible. I want to get in front of my audience. I want to grow my email list. In that case, it's easy to measure your return on investment because you'll see your numbers change. You will show up at more events. You will get in front of more people. So that is easy to measure. For other people, they say, I want to get paid to speak. Okay, well, that is something you can measure as well. When you're starting those negotiations, you talk about a budget. Do you have a budget? Here's what my typical fee is for this amount of time and this type of audience. That is something you can measure. Now, the things you can't necessarily measure are other things, such as the downwind effect. Like if you're doing a free presentation that is recorded and posted on a platform, yes, you offered a free gift, so you might see changes in your numbers, but you don't necessarily know where those folks are coming from. You could see people trying to connect with you on social media during a presentation. I've seen that happen for myself and some of my clients. That always feels really good in the moment when it happens. And then there are other things that the event could add value to you as well. For example, if you're new to speaking, you may not have any footage of you on stage, especially folks emerging from the pandemic era where a lot of the speaking was virtual and there's nothing interesting or fun about a virtual presentation, recording a virtual presentation. People want to see you on stage. So maybe you can negotiate with the event host and say, hey, you're going to have a photographer there. You're going to have a professional videographer there. Can I get a copy of my recording? That is a big return on investment because something like that would cost thousands of dollars if you hired someone to do that for you. So understanding that you are going into public speaking with an intention. And I always try to make that clear when I have phone calls with potential clients is, what would you like to receive from this? And it could be more than one of those things. But once you know what your intention is, it's easier to measure your return on investment. Love that. It's not a one size fits all. It has to look like this. Now, for those that are just starting out, what advice would you give them with public speaking? And, you know, they're looking to build their brand, establish their authority, attracting more high quality clients into their practice. What advice would you give those coaches just starting out? The number one advice and the one that probably surprises most people who connect with me at some point is you have to book the engagements before your speech is ready. And here's what I mean by that. Sometimes I connect with folks and they say, oh, I've got this idea for a speech, but I haven't written it out yet. I don't know what I'm going to talk about, X, Y, and Z. And what happens is folks who are waiting on the creation of the speech, they don't have enough motivation to finish the speech. If you start applying that speech to different events and saying, hey, I'd like to bring this presentation to you, and they say, yes, come and present this to us, you don't need to provide the entire speech to that event ahead of time. Typically, they ask for it you know, a week to a month in advance to know that you have the content ready or you load it to the platform. But when you book the speaking engagement, you don't actually have the speech completely ready and finished and beautiful in the way you need it to be. And events usually book three to six months out in advance, depending on the size of the event. Some events are two years in advance, depending on how big the stage is and what the event involves. So you have time and you have a deadline in which to finish the speech or create it. You also have the ability to customize that speech and make it an even better presentation for that specific event, because all events have a theme and that specific audience. So you might have to do some research in between those things, booking the speech and delivering the speech to really dive into what your audience needs. You have to be willing to deliver what's needed. And sometimes you don't know that when you first book a speaking engagement. And the only way you can learn that is through the negotiation process and the booking process with the event host. So 
it's important to know that you can start applying today for a speech that you may not deliver till 2024. And that's normal. And you can still deliver a dynamite presentation in that time. I love everything that we've been covering about this topic. And I want to summarize a few of the things that we've talked about today. When we started our conversation, we really got into what public speaking is and beyond just the what I initially thought, you know, standing on stage in front of an audience, presenting with a microphone, like it's beyond that. And I love how you really dove into that. And it's it really is about the essence of interacting with groups of people, sharing the valuable insight, creating that engagement. We talked about the key benefits. You gave us that awesome acronym AIR for audience, impact, and reach, and took us inside those three elements. We talked about how to begin to integrate this into our business and the different ways and the different models of how you can do speaking in your business. We got into what a signature speech is and what that looks like some of the elements of it. I loved the tip that you shared with us is that your signature speech is why the topic is important. It's not a how-to presentation, but why the topic matters. We talked about how to identify the right opportunities and what you should be looking for. You gave us this super pro tip. You're not only presenting to the audience, knowing who you're serving, but you also have to talk to the person hiring you and serve them as well. It's a big part of the process. We got into mistakes and whether or not we should include client stories and some great tips on what to do or what not to do in that scenario. And even talked about how do we measure success? I love the advice that you gave for just starting out that you have to book the engagement before the speech is ready and how that is normal. I think for a lot of our listeners, they're like, no, 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 wait, hold on a second. So rewind and listen to that again, because I think that is a significant bit of advice, Jen, that you gave us. Do you have any parting words? Yes. I'd like to offer up that sometimes coaches cringe. I've heard this from other coaches in my network that they kind of feel icky at the potential thought of being a public speaker. And I think some of that stems from this idea of putting out a persona when you're on stage. And I want to reassure folks who are listening is you're a coach, you do great work. The best way for you to get that work in front of more people without spending hours in coffee conversations and individual DMs and PMs and all of the business that you do through your online coaching business. You want to have conversations with people and people want to learn more about what you do. And I've found in my business and in the clients I serve, the best way to do that is to share your story and the way you help folks from a stage. There is a stage for every coach. I love that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Between Coaches. And also a big thank you to Jen Espinoza Goswami for this incredible conversation. You can find out more about her at weightlesschronicles.com. That's weightlesschronicles.com. And in the show notes, you'll find a link to a free resource, Signature Speech Template. Jen, thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you, Melinda. It's been a wonderful conversation. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as To Lead is Human and Behind the Launch. Nishi Lance produced this episode. I wrote this episode together with her. Cynthia Lamb is our supervising producer, and Danny Innes is our executive producer. Post-production was by Post Office Sound. If you want to listen to great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might be listening right now. 
And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. Thank you and see you next time. Miracy. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. He stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.